It is the drive brouhaha. <laughs> Her Linda's here. She Cheers. is the international food and beer judge, and she does so much, and she blows us away because we can't figure out where she's going or what she's doing, but it's always a pleasure. Hello, my dear. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going half the time either, but uh, happy post-birthday. You know my daughter's birthday is the same, same day as day. I know. I love And that. Bill Bakker, and exactly. she's in good company. Um, and you I'm know, Bakker turned to 80. My dad just turned 80, and I'm Oh, he's to... in good shape. Yeah, yeah, remember my dad was on sure. here? Sure. I'm going to his birthday party in Amarillo, Texas, by the Cadillac Ranch uh, for New Year's. Oh, yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Our guest today on the drive, Brouhaha, Josh Carthy. He's the head mead maker. How do you pronounce the name of the meadery, the first name? So it's Hydron, mythical Viking goat. Hydron meter, meteor, I say it. Meadery. Thank you. Uh, we we got to get into this. Um First, before we uh, hear about the, the history of this meadery and yourself, most of our listeners have one question. What the heck is What mead? the hell is mead? <laughs> <laughs> so mead is the oldest alcohol in the world. It is base of honey. And but it's like a wine, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. It, and you, but got it's a, treated you brought like it in a wine beer. bottles. Um, it starts off like a beer yeah. um, because there is a brew component to it. Right. Um, but the way that we do it, we kind of transition through the beer to start, the still wine as we ferment. And then we move into Method Champenois, like true uh, sparkling, the traditional way of making sparkling to, riddle, to make ours. Bit. Yep. Yep. If fermented honey, uh, which is a great band name, and they're playing tonight <laughs> at uh, Hot Monk in Sebastopol. I love them. Mead is an alcoholic beverage made from fermented honey, as you just pointed out. Get a little deeper into into the what happens after that. Yeah, how do you ferment honey, and then what happens, and how does it become alcoholic? Yeah, tell them the normal mead. Then what they do is unusual, and they are the only meadery that, that I know so far of in the world, and that they know of so far in the world, that does a method champenois mead like champagne, but the but so it, it, it kind of starts like beer and it, then it goes to a champagne and then it comes out. You know, honey, honey is exceptionally sweet, right? So the one thing that we don't have is is the water. Whereas you know grapes, those get pressed out. Yep. You have the the sugar, the water, all of it's together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, much like beer, beer doesn't have that. You add the water. So we add water to the honey to dilute it down to the sugar comp- uh, content that we want. But we heat it up, and we heat it up to get out the waxes and other things that are in there. Um, but immediately after that phase, which is just like the brew kettle in a brewery, mm-hmm. we then chill it down to get it to a temperature that is fermentation temperature just like wine. Yeah. And now, is, is, is any of this uh, like uh, sparkling wines? So everything that we make is sparkling. Okay. So if cool. you were to go, you know, if you were to go into our place, the difference between us in terms of the of the style and walking into, you know, a mom or a, you know, or to anywhere else, the only difference is what we use as the base. But our bubbles, that mousse that you get, those really fine bubbles, it's all done exactly the same way. This is, I just tasted this one. Uh, that's really incredible. So I it, like it. Yeah, and each honey, of course, comes from different flowers, different pollens and things. So they do, like, you can taste some of the flavors in in the meads, like radish blossom and um, macadamia nut blossom. Uh, wow. There's a carrot blossom one. But what we have right now is one that I actually have not had, and you have that in your glass right now. And this is, okay, so the reason why I asked Hydron Meadery on 
Um, and I love having them on this time of year and also at Easter because they do sparkling and it's an alternative to, champagne. to champagnes this or Cava Prosecco. What, what year do This we have is six months ago. Beautiful. I started it. So our, our process takes about you know three to four months. We're not like standard champagne where there's an aging, long-term aging process. Oh, right. We want the fresh components to it. We want the really bright characteristics because... These are delicate flowers. Well, this, They're delicate aromas. This thing is bright. And yes. uh, the uh, bright on the mid-palate and then the finish. So this the finish is, uh, is a little sweet for me, but, you know. So what's interesting about all of this is that honey gives you a perception of sweetness. Sure. We make everything what we call the brut naturel. So we do not do any dose. We do not add anything. Gotcha. Don't we add any also sugar make, is what yeah, yeah, but we also make them bone dry. So and any we, sweetness you get is completely perceptive, but it's because gotcha. we think of sweetness as you know honey is super sweet and orange is super sweet. Sure. You get those you get those you know concepts in your head, but we make it bone dry so that you. So tell you know, us about this particular meat. So this is called yeah. Hawaiian Christmas berry. So this is Hawaiian Christmas berry. Where do so, you get the honey? So we get it from uh, from all over. Yeah. We have and you have the bees going at your place. So we have our own. Yeah. So we have yeah. our own um, Point Reyes estate that we right, make, right, right. Um, and we have our own hives. Yeah. So we're we're located out in Point Reyes Station, and we source from small producers around. Mostly the West Coast, but we're kind of reaching out. And really? then we also work with an international group that sources honeys from very ecologically and economically sensitive areas to help bring in honeys from, you know, from around the world. And this one here comes from the Big Island in Hawaii. We, there's a nice. father-daughter team, and they sell us three different honeys. One is macadamia, one's lahua, which are kind of our standards. And then this one is our Christmas berry, and it looks beautiful. Like a, Is this the uh, one we're tasting? Yeah, so this is our Hawaiian Christmas well, berry, which really we good. love because it's super bright, super fruity, um, great for this time of year. It's got some acidity to it, too. It so does. like if you're having like with Christmas hams... And um, you know different things like that, like for our New Year's Eve parties and cheeses. This the acid yeah. with some fat and ham and cheese. It. Well, this all cut right through that. Really oh, yeah. lovely. I, I just I love pairing your meads with food. I, I go, think yeah. the the one exciting part about these meads is that all of them can be different. We don't add anything, so it is the honey. Yeah. Whatever honey we get in is the honey. We don't have any additives. We don't we don't. Um, we don't change anything, and so it's really fun because you get all of these different flavors that are based on the different flowers that that are the honeys are coming from. And so we have kind of an unending palette of things which matches up across the board with pretty much any type of food I out love there. It. It's the Drive Brouhaha every Tuesday in the 5 o'clock hour. Of course, her Linda's here, and our guest is Josh McCarthy, the head mead maker at, at a meadery. Yes, and you know mead, uh, according to my research today, which took about, oh, I don't know, Ten a minute and a half. That's how hard I work before I get here to do the show. But no, the mead is touted as offering various health benefits, but there's no scientific scientific evidence to back up these claims. Now, what what about uh, the various health benefits? You know, we're not allowed to claim anything. There is, of course. You know, it's it's one of those things. But you know, honey is it's one of the most ancient substances on earth. It's a, uh, you know, it's something that if you were to bury it and find it three thousand years later, it wouldn't spoil. You know, it right has on. medicinal properties where you can put it on a burn and cover it up, and it will protect that, you know, that wound area. It's, it has tons of things. You know, having local honey helps with allergies. There's nothing that we can necessarily say, yeah. but we'd like to, you know. 
Well, yeah, no, no, but but uh, you know, I I have allergies, and uh, I've done some honey stuff. I forget, you know, it, it maybe pills or I don't know. Somebody gave me, hun- you know, honey, local honey, right? Yes, and it did help. Um, Herlinda. Well, so mead is probably the oldest known fermented beverage in the world. And I wanted to get know. in the history, so let's do that. Yeah, so, set us up for that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I ju- I judge a Viking beer, Sati, in Finland. That's about a thousand years old. How old do you think mead is? Yeah, it's how did it start and where yeah, and when? It's at least three thousand years old. I mean, wow. it's something that this it's is a, much more refined than it, the it Neanderthals are drinking. It is. It's a but. it's a natural thing, and and because because honey has always had a kind of a high status in you know, in the world, it's been a, you know, it's been treated like gold and, you know, yeah. throughout the, well, you know, it is throughout gold the in many eons. ways. Yeah. I mean, you know, it really is. And it's something that is sought after. It has always been held in, in high regard. And, you know, so it's, it's something that, you know, has, has made it through, you know, through time. It, it's something that very easy, you know, honey is super accessible, you know, grapes require a lot of management. Why, did, why is it called mead? M E A D E. And was it in Britain? Well, so it's, if you look at old English, yeah. like uh, Chaucer's Tales from like the, you know, dark, like, well, Middle Ages, I guess that would be, mm-hmm. then it would be mead with an E. Otherwise, it, there's no E. And so more modern spelling is M E A D. But um, <laughs> I was just thinking, so it's very Game of Thrones, mead, mead really is. Like, you know, they, and it, but it would also, it would be more of a king's drink because, because of the honey because of the honey because honey is precious especially if you don't it's not you i mean you're still you're like extracting honey much more the, much the same way you, you would have been doing a thousand years ago because they're still they're alive and and then and then also they're well there's a lot they have the bees have a lot more um issues now with modern like everything from yellow jackets to pesticides yeah i'm gonna bring that up because we've yeah. we've for the last number of years we've talked yeah. about and heard about uh Oh, we got bee problems. Yes. Where are the bees? Yeah, tell us yeah, about I mean, the bees. Yellow jackets are, are a big, you know, big issue. Um, they, you know, we fight them all the time. They're the they're the big problem with you know they'll attack and take out hives you know, pretty quickly. So do they do they kill the bees? Yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I okay. always promote you know take right. out the yellow jackets if you right. see them. Um, save and pet the nice little furry bees. Um, but you know the other parts are we have. Um, uh, people from Cal Davis coming over, and they're investigating the gut biome of our bees huh? versus commercial-driven bees to see what the difference is. Right because on. they're seeing that, you know, small community bees and and small farm bees are doing better, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know we'll have feral hives merge with our hives, and and you see a little bit more of diversity in them. But again, we're not putting stuff on the ground. We're not. We're not interfering mm-hmm. with them, yeah. whereas in the commercial world, you're seeing no, you know, more things. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of research still to be done. Don't use Roundup, folks, please, because you're, 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 kill, you know, you're killing the beneficial insects like this as well. Um, 
we did. He brought some some really special other meads that we should try as well. I'm very oh, excited. We will. About. <laughs> there's That's our one, job. There's one here from Tanzania, from the continent of Africa. And, and you were there doing a beer contest. Uh, not I, long you know ago. what? I got invited to judge in Brazil in March. Oh, you got to go. Yeah, there's some Brazilian bees oh, also. Man. I'm sure. I should have brought the Colombian acacia that we're oh, currently cool. asked. We okay. have a couple other fun ones too. Uh, the mead is sometimes called the drink of the gods, which you do were just referring and goddesses. to goddesses. And goddesses, of course. <laughs> uh, it's a fermented beverage traditionally made from honey, water, and a yeast or bacterial culture. Now, uh, get, get into the yeast thing that you guys do. So, as I mentioned, you know, we treat this like wine. We start as beer. Um, but when we move into when we move everything into the tank and we start fermentation, we are using the same exact yeast that a champagne house would use. Right on. So it is it is the same stuff. It's okay. stuff that's designed to be super clean, works through fermentation very easily, but leaves behind all of the beautiful flavors and doesn't impart any of its own uh, yeast. But they're very aggressive, very strong, and and again the same commercial yeast that you would find uh, in a champagne house. Okay, uh, Herlinda, what what am I tasting? This is a different that, one. No, that's the same one. He's oh, about it is. to yeah pop that cork right into the microphone. Um, so. How long does it stay yeah. as, as what, like, in the first fermentation part, when it's going, like, a, from a beer to a, a still, like, wine? How long do you, is that process? And then how long is the method champenois um, process? So we ferment about 10 days uh, for, you know, for the wine to get through the fermentation, to get through all of the sugar that's based in the honey. After that, we don't do any intervention, so we're not trying right. to add things to exactly. help settle it out. You let it go. So we do a natural naturally. settling yeah. process. We right do on. a natural clearing process. That can take anywhere from you know, some go really fast at four weeks, but usually we're six, eight weeks, kind of depending on the you know on the variety of honey. It's amazing. And it's wild because you think honey is honey is honey. Each variety is very different, just like a grape would be. They are uniquely different. It is the Drive Brouhaha in studio, of course, Herlinda, the international food and beer judge. And she does everything, and she books this show, and she booked today uh, a gentleman who is very friendly, very cool, and great on the radio. I told him during (laughs) the break. He is Josh McCarthy, and he is a mead maker now thank you did we get a did we get to uh because i'm still curious what got what year you said something like three thousand years people have been making and drinking these as people have found honey it's one of those amazing things where you know they probably had a little bit of honey got water and they left it in a bucket and they drank it and next thing you know they got a buzz and they're excited and And we gotta make this one of those things that it's 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 everywhere. You know, you don't have to be in an area that can grow, you know, grapes or have to grow fruit. It, it will, if there's a flower, you will have honey. And that's the exciting part about it is you can, you can find it anywhere in the world. And it's something that is, uh, it's ubiquitous, but, right. but also, yeah. you know, highly prized and, and amazing. And that's why it's really important as well. Like you're saying, like we could get this, you could do this anywhere in the world. However, Bees are in, you know, endangered, and like you know, just yeah. like I said before, get rid of the Roundup. Let's think about the habitat. Um, Let's get. Uh, yeah. Can you get in, both of you, uh, more into what the situation with bees? With We've been hearing for years the that there's a- Apis mellifica is the Latin name for the honeybee. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the big things that that we're trying to do at, at our place is to work with you know work with small uh, places. We have uh, an apiary up on Sonoma Mountain. 
uh, here in Sonoma County. We have uh, places all through uh, Marin County. And the goal is to try to kind of build a groundswell of, of people building hives and, and small, you know, small areas uh, so that you can really you can get the localized aspect of it. And that's, you know, we're, we're also planting, you know, more acreage in our uh, facility down in Point Reyes with native wildflowers cool. and things that will also, you know, grow throughout the year so that Very we can cool. then build stronger populations. With Hydron? Hydron, yeah. Hydron Meadery. Uh, and tell us, uh, Josh, all about the best ways for people to contact and, the, do, and there's a tasting and, room. And, and get yes. it. And yeah, where, so we, and where's tasting so we are right on Highway 1 in Point Reyes Station. Reyes. Oh, beautiful. Um, I'm going to top you off here, Steve, so you can see. And you're going to see here, I'm pouring you the carrot blossom. No, this no. one we kind of point as our you know, beer lovers. This kind of has a saison-y um, okay. aspect. It has a nice mousse yes, to it. Very much uh, it kind of looks like a beer. I um, want to talk about the different colors that are yeah. happening in these cham- champagne flutes. It's pretty exciting. You know, you look at, you know, if you were to look at wine, a lot of the color in white wines comes from, you know, barrel aging and everything else. This is purely honey driven. And we have wow. honeys that are very light. That's like what I taste. Sage blossom like can be super honey. light. But then you get, the carrot has a lot of honey in it, but then that one mm. has like a sandalwood. I kind of joke it's kind of smells and tastes like you're going into a mountain cedar cabin. I'm telling you, the finish makes me very hungry. What should we uh, <laughs> What should we cook tonight? This to... is Asian food right here. This is cool. kind of East Asian food. Um, this one has a little more body to it as well, so yeah. it, it holds up. Um, you know, but we are, we're sourcing honeys from everywhere. We're, we just ha- did a tasting with our international guy, and he brought back some stuff from Oaxaca that I, I kid you not, it is clear. It, it looks like a caro syrup, and it's amazing. And we, we're going to receive that you know, sometime in the new year, and that could be our cleanest, clearest uh, sparkling that we've ever done. But you know, we have everything. You see the carrot. You see the Christmas berry. They range, you know, from super light to you know to pretty dark, and it's it's pretty neat. Is that the carrot? That is the carrot tasting? blossom. Yeah, and it's, it's a madras carrot, which is so it's different than regular carrots. So they have a carrot, a regular carrot blossom one, that it tastes different than this. No, this is the yeah, this is the one that we do. The the madras the same carrot. Same madras. Yep. Okay, because yeah. I because it didn't used to say madras. I don't think. I think this is now. Yeah, this may be now our our standard here, and and this is our fun one. This we get beer lovers for this one here. Yeah. Um, we'll have people yeah. come in that you know, they want to see the sparkling, or maybe they're okay. not into sparkling, but they love beer. Right. This definitely is the big driver for a lot of beer people, and, yeah. and foodie people really right. love this Speaking of food, too. I've actually seen Hydron on yeah. more high-end restaurant, and um, you know, Michelin star, and I actually um, I turned on the folks at Farmhouse Inn, which is you know like one of the top. In the world, I, I, I poured it for them at a party one time, and they were like, "What is this?" And I connected them. It's it's been really fun over the past year. We've been our goal is not to take over the world. Our goal is to make amazing stuff that we can showcase and and build a great you know following, but also place it in the places that believe in our product. Well, you know, we're not looking to hit the Costco's and sure? and and the big things. We want we want to focus on places where. They're food-driven, where they have food pairings, and so stores yeah, that makes were, sense. And, and cool bottle shops that that really focus on neat stuff. That also Bottle Barn, right? Bottle, so yeah, we're actually at Bottle Barn right. as well, and and Good. we've been pushing more like local places. We're out in Sebastopol at Andes and, cool. and the community market and things All like that. And, and what are, what are you know the majority of people who are buying these products, this mead? I mean, how, how do they hear about it? How do they know? And From talk, us. 
<laughs> yeah, from us. We, we well, are, you're going to get the drive we're bump. A big, so that... We're a big word-of-mouth place. I mean, sure. Gordon's been doing this since 1997. He started up wow. in Arcata, wow. uh, shipping it, driving down all the time to the Bay Area because this is where you know this is where it sells. And he did that forever until 2011. And so he, over years, built a, a big following with people that just saw something really cool and really exciting and you know and unique, unique. exactly super unique it because, is unique because totally mead unique. does have a it can be a lot of things to a lot of people and and mead is does have different directions you can have it be super sweet it can have blackberry syrups and you know seasonings yeah. and all these other things we're not doing that no and so what uh, restaurants really love us because we have enough unique products that they can go oh my gosh that doesn't work for us, but that definitely works for us. And, yeah. and I was going to point that out. I mean, it. there's a lot of different there uh, products, and they are unique. They are. And, the and I meadery. definitely brought you the, the most unique ones from, from start to finish that we have. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it, it is cool because we have a palette that if you were to go into a winery, you see your Cabernets, you see your Merlots. And, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But if you had an oddball grape. A lot of people don't know what to do with that. Where right. When you come in and you see Lahua blossom and you see a radish blossom and you see Chilean Almo blossom. And you can you, taste the honey, yeah, too, at the and tasting. And yeah, you can taste honey and we have the honeys there. This is you delicious. don't know what to expect. And so it you kind of get this complete clean slate where now all of a sudden you go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to think of this. I, it's not a Cabernet. I don't have to think about Cabernet or Chardonnay. I now just taste this. Yeah, you know I, it's I, bubbles I it. and you know it's like like champagne style. But then you get the uniqueness of all the you other know, things. You know, this one, uh, you called the carrot one. Carrot blossom, yes. Carrot blossom. Badger split uh, carrot blossom. I, you know, I, I cannot eat cooked carrots. Mm. Raw carrots, I'm like Bugs Bunny. Fermented Give them to me. I love that. <laughs> I, you know? And this is pretty amazing, right? It's the, it's the nectar of the, of the carrot blossom. And these yeah. are things that are coming from you know, seed farms. So we do a radish blossom. We do a chicory blossom. These oh, are man. these are just the byproduct of making seeds, and it's really fun because you're getting a, the essential component of that flower that right is on. now producing the you know the carrot. This is lovely. I want to talk about your tasting room because it's a super unique experience. Um, uh, okay. Oh, so it's, it's super her Linda got a sticky note from my director. You know, <laughs> that like means passing, something. That's it's like big. passing notes in yeah. uh, in school. When I get so. a sticky note from my director, I go, "Oh, that's cool." I don't know what he's you saying on yours, super but ne- next to a super fruit tree in the future and flavors for types. For, okay, but what I do want to talk about real quick though is your tasting room because yeah. it is one of the most unique experiences you would have doing a tasting. Um, it's out in Point Reyes, which is already gorgeous. Um, and it's in a gigantic greenhouse. And, and Gordon took me through a few years ago, because um, he's been my favorite guest of the holidays for, for 10 years now, um, with, with the hydrant. And I got to see when they do the rack and riddle, when they turn, you know, they turn the bottles. But you can go in there and actually meet you. You can, you oh, can yeah. meet Josh. I love chatting with, with the guests. Yeah, and you try you can you can buy the you know different um, meads and uh, and the honey some not yeah we actually them. have a honey tasting where we have small we have five small one and a half ounce jars that you can go through and taste them 
and we have the honeys there matched up with the wine. Oh, so that's you can cool. literally taste what it tastes like as honey and then see how it has moved into this, you know, this product. And yeah. and you'll notice some, you know, some cool similarities between the two, but you'll also see what fermentation brings out of of this honey, yeah, which gotcha. sometimes can be just off the charts of aromatics and, and flavors. Uh, 3,000 years ago when they figured this out, <laughs> yes. it, well, why did they call it mead? M-E-A-D-E. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, that, I think it's probably. I think it is probably like it is a, a like British term that we're yeah. still using. Like I was saying, yeah. like Chaucer, like really, really, really old. Yeah, because the origin is British. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a drink called Braggot that we were talking about earlier, yep. which is a beer and honey. The really really old drink out of like the Scandinavian countries. Like so, in Sweden, Tara and I had it in Sweden at a medieval restaurant. But, but beer, the, it, yeah, it looked with, in, but with honey. It looked like beer. It's beer, it's beer and mead together. They're kind of a fifty-fifty blend, yeah. ultimately. And okay. then they're fermented, so the sugar sugar is what creates the fermentation. And anyway, but then having doing the honey, but that is a really really old. And only Poland is making a commercially available um, braggot now. I brought Braggot on one time a long time ago. It's very difficult to find. I would love to see you, Josh, and Hydran do a Braggot with one of our you know, local small breweries someday. We have been approached. It's for us, we're trying to make sure that we stay true to our brand and yeah. make you know, we don't we're not looking to make cans of, of hydrant mead and you know sell it across the USA. Yeah. We want to find the yeah. right yeah, we want to do special things and and we are not averse to making cool things, but we want to make it very limited, just like our, you know, our Christmas berry that we have here or our world honeys that we're, we're doing now where we bring in one barrel of honey. We want something that is very unique, very short-lived, that is exciting, that's fun, that is all about a concept you know, and, and, a, and something that people can kind of gravitate to and then it goes away so that we can then play around with something else or, very cool. or see something else. I want to talk about Josh, very important Hold on. Josh McCarthy is here. He is the head mead maker at uh, Hydran Meadery. Uh, talk uh, more about how people can I – mean, what's the website? And then tell everybody so how they can Meadery, get to you. Yeah, so look us up, Hydran Meadery. Um, we are down in Point Reyes Station. Everything's online. We do have, you know, we have sales through, uh, you know, and everything through our site. We list all of our events. We do actually in the summertime, spring, summertime, and early fall. One of the best things you could ever do is come out to our bee experience. Our wonderful beekeepers, um, Bonnie and Gary, they come out and they will bring you out in suits and you will open up the, the hives. You can pet our bees, literally pet our wow. bees. Wow! Yeah, so you can sit there with your finger and pet them. Mini livestock. I'm, I'm allergic to bees. Um, I've got a couple of EpiPens. I can go out there. Oh, my God. The bees God. are really cool. Our, our how bees did, are... How did you... What's your history? How did you come into this job as the head mead maker? And, you know, one of the... Especially being allergic to bees. <laughs> Dude! I, so we're, we're now on fifth, almost 14 years of, of winemaking. I was an East Coast tech, government tech consultant. Wow. Rode my bike through eastern Washington, and I was like, I need to be doing something more creative, and went into wine. And I found a cool wine program up there, but also the wine industry. But I was that geek that wrote in my my opening letter at school, 
uh, I want to know about other varieties. I want to know about strange Eastern European varieties or old, you know, George, Republic of Georgia wines, you know, things like that. And I've always been uniquely interested in the in the other things and, and not not making weird combinations, but like ciders and Spanish ciders and all these other fun things. And and this job came up and it was just one of those things where all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait a second. But did, I, you didn't know at that time what mead was? I knew, you, yes, you I've, I've known what mead is. But okay. to me, mead was always, and I don't want to give it a bad connotation, but it can oftentimes be, be cloyingly sweet. Right. And it and can have syrupy. adjuncts, yeah, yeah, and it has like yeah, and I hate that. Add, like, but everything we've tasted today is, is very yeah. fine. And, and I didn't know what to do. And and when I went down for my first you know chat with Gordon, I tasted through everything, and I sat there and I was like, wow, it, this is. I, I was working for. Um, uh, I've actually worked for um, Rack and Riddle making sparkling, and so I had a background sure. in, in sparkling. Right. And I went down there and I was like, wow, these are technically sound and that's the first thing if a wine is off i'm not going to be interested but you know were, we do three amazing. wine shows a week on this show and we taste everything and uh what was the phrase you used technically sound yeah we we don't i i haven't heard that it, it, it all these years of the wine shows technically nothing, sound there's nothing wrong with the wine in yeah, terms yeah. of like a flaw or a mm. Or a, a fault, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you didn't you didn't manage it right, or you sure. didn't mm-hmm. age it right, or you didn't ferment it. We right. We say that in beer judging as well, too. Yeah, you're like looking and, be, yeah. and no I'm, flaws, technically sound. I'm the worst person that you could take on a on a tasting. Like if you went out and we want to go tasting for a weekend, because I will critically judge every wine. Then I'll enjoy it after. But I'm always <laughs> looking for the problems first, right and then enjoyment second. I, I went Ten. down there, and they were beautiful, and they were unique, and they had all these flavors and aromas that were just different. And that was that piqued my interest because I'm, I just love, I, I love things that are exciting, and mm. and that's what it was about. And minds. then all the bubbles were great; they were champagne bubbles, and they were, but but they were, you know, you taste the honeys, and they were exciting, and everything was small too. Um, the 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 joy was that I got back into winemaking, where sometimes you can divest yourself as a winemaker, and you're no longer making stuff. Yeah, this was for better or for worse. Uh, you're making it, and so you're dragging the hoses. You're cleaning everything. You're lifting everything. You're carrying everything. I kind of like grunt work. I, yeah, I, but you know what? <laughs> I, that was part of it. I mean, that's part of the the love of winemaking is that you want to you want your hands to be dirty at the end right. of the day, exactly, and, and because you know that you busted your butt to make that. And then somebody appreciates it, and you know how much sweat and tears went into it. Right on. And then I saw this, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is great. This is everything that I've." You know, I've wanted to be in the industry, but it's also wildly unique. And then I can have take that wine knowledge and make people excited about this from a wine perspective and, and bridge that gap between meat. between them. I want right. to talk real quick about ABV, though, before yeah. people start drinking this for New Year's Eve and Christmas. Let's talk about the alcohol content on this. So we are exactly the same as sparkling wine. We, so what, we, we hit the mark 14%? at 12.5%. Okay. Yep. So a lot of that has to do with, with government rules and everything, but we follow the traditional rules. So if you look at the back of you know California sparkling or champagnes, mm-hmm. 12.5% is the common thing. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are, we re-ferment in the bottle. And so 
There's challenges right. with the yeast and everything else. Oh, the of yeast course. struggle. Yeah, that's cool. And so we're, we make it 12.5%. That's every wine that we make is across the board. We're wrapping up Brouhaha for this Thursday. Uh, her Linda, of course. The, uh, well, she's a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> and, and we all love her. And uh, Josh McCarthy is here. He's the head mead maker at uh, Hydrant Meadery. Did I get it? Yeah. Okay. We got this. Uh, again, tell people where you are. I know it's Point Reyes, but explain, uh, say, how far is that from Petaluma? Or, you know, and then uh, as far as visiting you guys to taste all this. Yeah, cool so we, stuff. if you're coming out Point Reyes, Petaluma Road, we're about 25 minutes or so. Right. Uh, you need an appointment for a reservation? For we always love if you go online to let us know just sure. so that we can make sure that we know, but. But come by. We, you know, we're we're open from eleven to five. You know, Monday. You know, seven days a week. Uh, we are closed on Christmas and New Year's, but we're open all the time, and it's an amazing place because we're an old farmstead. It's has the old farm buildings. Our property is wide open, so the whole idea is that you can just walk around and and obviously right now we, you know we don't have the blooms, but in bloom when everything's going, and I have to give out a shout out to Savannah. She works her butt off. We have the most beautiful flowers, and when you're out there and the flowers are in bloom, the number of birds and fauna that are out there is unbelievable. You'll walk by, and a hundred birds of different colors will walk out, and it's exciting, but it's you can see the the hills in the background when the fog's coming in. It's really beautiful. It's serene. We've got a beautiful curly uh, willow that you can sit underneath in the hot days. So I have a couple, like, practical questions. Can you um, bring dogs? kids do you have food can you bring a picnic or should you bring a picnic if you don't have food and um, i know there's some restaurants nearby as well yeah. too but it sounds like a great place to sit down and have a picnic so we well. have everything we can have dogs come with all those yes, flowers we're all about dogs uh yeah. we want you know well-behaved people and and good dogs okay um, and let me just say uh, with well-behaved <laughs> people and if you if you're a little nervous about that I won't be there. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll take your dog. Um, we're all about dogs. No, it's it's great. We we we're all about kids. Um, the kids come by. The little kids. We have little honey sticks for them. Cool. Um, we do uh, Point Reyes um, uh, Farmstead. We get cheese from them. We mm-hmm. have we have stuff there. But you know what? Bring your lunch. Bring a big right spread. On. We've got picnic tables. We've got stuff everywhere. Um, it's for everybody. It, it is family friendly. It is community friendly. Give it is group the, friendly. the the website again. Many yeah, it's hydrinmeadery dot com. And hydrin yep. is H E I D R U N. Yep. M E A D E R Y. The hydrin meadery in Point Race, which is a lovely place and a it lovely place. Beautiful. I'm sure to have a, 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 a meadery. You can spend an entire day. What's great is you I go have. down there in the morning. You can go do a little hike, and then you can spend the entire day in the most serene yeah. spot. Uh, it's in, wonderful in, in the area. Josh McCarthy, head mead maker at Hydron Meadery uh, Point Race, and of course, her Linda International uh, Beer. And food judge. I did get asked to judge the, um, I'm going to Maui. Um, I'm going to go Maui Brewery. Here so today, I'll, gone to Maui. I'll be calling from uh, Maui Brewery um, and seeing how their recovery is going. And um, oh, cool. I'm going to do some helping out there, um, probably the Surfrider Foundation, and hopefully with Jose Andres, uh, World Central oh. Kitchen, like Tara and I did right. during Puerto, after the Puerto Rico hurricane. He's the man. Yeah. And then I'm judging the World Fish and Chips Awards in London. 
And then I have to decide between doing the British Pie Awards again or going to judge in Brazil because they're same day. Wow. I don't know. Don't, don't you want to be here, Linda? I do. I do. <laughs> I thought my job was fun. I, really, man? I want to be here, Linda. And you'll be calling in from whatever places I'll be you calling are in from Amarillo. Um, there is a brewery there in the Big Texan where the home of the, the, that the huge 32-ounce steak where they have like a like a timer oh, yeah, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and if yeah. you eat the whole, th- you know, right. you, it's free. Um, they actually have a brewery, so this brewery is really cool. So early in the morning, the brewmaster goes in and makes the beer, the wort, in the bean pots that they use later on for the to steak sides. Okay. So he makes it in the bean pots, and then that, then they transfer that over to oh, make wow. them. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it's true Texan style. Kind of, that's my yeah, kind of place. And they have a live rattlesnake that my brother like takes care of and stuff because he has a all right. fish yeah, You'll be calling in from all, oh, these, yeah. all these fabulous places like she always does. And thanks to Josh McCarthy, the head mead maker at Hydran Meadery. Uh, you know, the mead stuff, I, didn't, I don't know much about. I didn't know much about, but I've learned today, as all our listeners have, this is good stuff. And how it's made, I appreciate it. You're what, great on the radio, dude. Thank you. What do you think of the African, the Tanzanian one? Because that's like the probably that's probably one I of your rarest. That's the wildest yeah, one that, one that one we have. Had. The I most unique one the for sure. One. No, no, you had this. This is so. This is part of our world honey tasting that we have, and and the idea behind this is to find honeys from around the world, from ecologically, environmentally. Whoa. In yeah. trouble yeah, or or that. on the fringe areas that that need the investment that that need agricultural help that that can help grow the bees to help their agriculture to help bring money in to to support their communities, and this one is the most fun, exciting one because if you think of smoke in uh, in the wine industry, right? Smoke taint is not good. It it, it can give you a, a yeah. bad taste in your mouth, and it, it's something that everybody fears during you know during fire season. Mm-hmm. But these here, because these are African bees, they have to they have to use a lot more smoke to to get the bees to be more docile, so they can actually get the honey out. <laughs> They're aggressive. Bees, so what? Yeah. yeah. So you think of the Africanized bees that we were once afraid of, you know, coming up from you know Mexico right. into Texas and everything. Yeah. These everybody. are yeah. These are the offi- these are the official ones. These are the you know the source and. They're they're much more aggressive, and so they have to use a lot more smoke. And what you get out of this is is kind of like a like a brisket or like an mm. Isla Scotch or like the the smoky components that you get mm. from a bourbon. Yeah. And so when you think of smoke taint in wine, it's that's not a that's not a terroir thing, right? It's right, not right, something right. based on the on the area, but this is. And so the honey comes out very smoky, and mm. but it's amazing because when this was first released. It was very, very, very smoky, but now it's kind of integrated, Subtle. and you get this beautiful, like, like tropical note. But then you get that back channel, and so if you're a mezcal or a, an Isla Scotch or a or bourbon person, or you really love your brisket, this is is where it's at, and it's, it's, wonderful. it's super fun. Yeah, there's a lot, as you just mentioned. There's a lot going on in this, and thing, it couldn't and be I really any like more it. starkly different than the than the Christmas berry it, that we started with. What's which the is, alcohol level? On again, most same of this thing. Twelve and a half percent. Yeah, everything yeah. across the that's board is twelve and a half percent. It is. Yeah, that's that's the, it's the high standard for a beer, but it's it low is for it's high for a beer, <laughs> but but for 
you know, for modern West Coast, you know, and American uh, style wines, it's low. But yeah. again, it matches up with with standard, you know, champagne, California champagne, right. and, and sure. French champagne. He yeah. is Josh McCarthy, the head mead maker at Hydron Meadery. A uh, great job, man. As I've said a few times, you're great on the radio. We'll have you back. I appreciate it. And appreciate wow. it. I love and being here. More. I'm telling you, people, check out Mead. Yeah, especially you know? for your holiday tables. Yeah, if you're thinking, I don't know. No, you do know. Go check this out. And it is. And it's uh, bubbles. You can, and bubbles are fun. It, and it's available. <laughs> Some of your stuff is available at yeah, Bottle so we, Barn. Yeah, we have Bottle Barn here, which is obviously you know the the coup de grace for you know for everybody. Um, sure. But we also have. Um, uh, Andy's Market out in Sebastopol. Love that place. We're doing um, the community market as well. Um, I'd love to yeah, see this at Oliver's because they're super local. Yeah, and they, also Single Thread Kitchen in Little Saint would be very interesting we're, for this. We're, we're, they're all about the garden. We're so garden. small that it's been – we sell 98% through the tasting room because we have mm-hmm. such a, a you know great community sure. following us. But we are trying to reach out because we think we've got something pretty amazing. And we want to grow a little bit but not – we don't want to be huge. We want to be able to get it just in hands of more people, but we want to find the cool right places. And that's, when you guys talk to these people at the cool right places, just tell them Steve Jackson says you're happening. I will. I will. I don't know. I'll, I'll do I don't know why dropping. it works, but it does. I'll do some name dropping for sure. Yeah, uh, Josh McCarthy and Herlinda, thank you both. This <laughs> what a wonderful experience is spring in Colorado, abounding in the joy of living things, the new green growth upon the slopes, the early morning dew on the mountain grass, each blade wet and silvery in the reflected light, all so vibrant and alive. Coors, America's fine light beer, recalls this joy of living with its sparkling, natural taste. Brewed with pure Rocky Mountain spring water, it embodies all the goodness of the high country. The light golden color of Coors reflects the beauty of springtime, so delicate, strange, and wondrous. That's why Coors is America's fine light beer. Refreshingly different. Try it and see.